With the transfer portal opened up and Baylor only having two scholarship quarterbacks on roster for next season, they've got to go after a QB. So who's it going to be? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Baylor. Drake Toll alongside Locked on's Recruiting expert, John Garcia Jr. I want to thank LinkedIn Talent Solutions for bringing him on today. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. And thank the Baylor coaching staff for searching for a quarterback out of the transfer portal and giving us a really big topic this offseason. John, they're quarterback after quarterback, from Devin Leary to Hudson Card to DJ Uyungle from from Clemson. I don't know if those guys are looking at a Baylor. I can only assume that they're going to go to these these bigger SEC programs. That's at least where they want to transfer up, quote-unquote, to. But in the age of, of NIL, transfer portal feels like nothing's really off the table. That's a great point. Uh, and let's also look at the numbers of the quarterbacks that are jumping in. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have a lot of experience in the portal. There are six quarterbacks that started the majority of their team's games in the ACC that have already hit the transfer portal. There's another half dozen in the SEC that have a lot of spot starting experience. Um, JT Daniels is in the portal for the 50th time as a quarterback, right? So there's, there's no shortage of experience in the portal. And I think that's what makes this so different. So, you know, you can look at the high end of that spectrum where you've seen so much of this person, that you're you're kind of sick of it, or or could that be what what gets you over the hump, right? I mm-hmm. think of an Adrian Martinez last year when he leaves Nebraska. I don't think anybody expects him to be considerably great at Kansas State, but he absolutely was. All those questions around his game, those glaring mistakes as a passer, the turnovers, all came down with that extra year and a breath of fresh air. I mean, could that be Spencer Sanders uh, coming into 2023? I mean, I think he's someone you should vet if you're the Baylor Bears. I know the last time I was on with you, we were talking about skill sets, and I always am of the think the thought process of all things even, get someone mobile. Get somebody who can challenge the defense with his legs, especially relative to Blake Shapin and Austin Novosad. And there's a lot of athletic quarterbacks in the portal, not just Spencer Sanders. Um, I think Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech could be an interesting fit at Baylor. Uh, Similar offenses uh, over the last few years and a true dynamic athlete with the ball in his hands. I think he could be one that is looking to play with an established defense and running game, something he didn't have at Georgia Tech, and he won't be in that first wave of of Devin Leary's uh, that that are going to come off the board and really kind of shake things up. Uh, so Spencer Sanders, Devin Leary, Hudson Card, I mean, those are the biggest names that everybody is already aware of, but that next tier, the Jeff Sims, Brennan Armstrong, who, who left Virginia in a bit of a surprise, a very capable athlete uh, with his legs. I think players like that are more in, in the Baylor wheelhouse um, and they have a ton of experience on top of it. So I do think that it's not as big of a risk as maybe uh, we've seen in the past with schools taking shots at prospects who or players who don't have that experience coming out. And there's a lot of backups who have hit the portal too. I mean, I'd look, yeah. I'd potentially look at a Malik Hornsby from Arkansas. I mean, that's as dynamic as it gets athletically. 
Or if you want a little bit more balanced or pocket presence, maybe a Luke Altmaier. You faced him in the bowl game last year at Ole Miss. Uh, he competed into the season for that job with Jackson Dart uh, under Lane Kiffin and had a lot of successful moments. There was a group in Oxford that thought Altmaier was going to win that job despite the pressure of Lane Kiffin bringing in a transfer in, in Jackson Dart. So I think there's a lot of capable players uh, with different skill sets, but you know me, I'm going to lean towards that, that dual threat who can challenge a defense with his legs just as much as he can with his arm. Yeah. I love the idea of Billy Cornsby, uh, a kid that can, can run the ball really, really well. Not the most electric passer, but makes plays out of the backfield. You know, basically right. is, is the wildcat running a four, three, nine or whatever it is. Kids got speed. Uh, Spencer right. Sanders, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, John, for, for Spencer Sanders to find his way to Baylor. Uh, one thing in all of this that, okay, two things that shocked me. The first Spencer Sanders can still play college football. Like we, John live in a world where Spencer Sanders, Charlie Brewer, JT Daniels, those guys will be on college football fields next season because of what this game has become, uh, for better or worse. I, I think it's interesting. Blake Bell was doing this long before it was before it was popular, and and now in in this, the, the second thing that's it's really jumped off to me in the last week, Caden McNamara going to Iowa. When we when you were on this show last week, we talked about how he's a kid who's going to play at one of these top ten schools that needs a transfer quarterback, almost a jet. Jackson Dart to Ole Miss last offseason, and then he lands at Iowa. And that gives me more faith that even if Baylor wants to go after these bigger-name quarterbacks, it sounds like some of these guys are, are going to have to, at some point, settle for what's a good you know, emotional, regional fit, more so than a powerhouse team. Right, because those dominoes are going to fall quickly. We've already seen multiple, I guess, verbal commitments through the portal. McNamara was, was the first big quarterback one. I saw Phil Jerkovic. Uh, left Boston College. He's going to go to Pitt to replace Keaton Slovis, who's another interesting, experienced pocket passer that that is now on the market. I've seen some Missouri buzz and a couple other schools involved there. Um, look, the, it's going to be a very quick market. That's why you're seeing a lot of these quarterbacks kind of uh, picking their, their spot, planting their flag before uh, others get involved. Uh, and I think that will be fascinating to track across the board, right? Um, but, but there are some things that we can assume – in that transfer portal game, right? I think the very top tier, I think it starts with Leary. I think Card and Uyangalale are, are in that grouping as well. And there's a lot of question marks with, with that next tier. And I think that's the tier that, that Baylor needs to attack. But you start to think of the school that will absolutely be in the quarterback market. And there's not a whole lot of obvious ones that are associated with lofty expectations. I think Alabama is probably the exception to that rule, but the other schools that we know will address their, their needs through the portal at that position are, are like Notre Dame, uh, Florida, UCLA. It's, it's not a bunch of no brainer spots as much as maybe the last few years have, have shown us with these portal targets. So again, McNamara is a great example of how um, this market will correct itself from the quarterbacking standpoint. So I think that's why those dominoes are going to fall fast because that that tier of or that thought of moving up, if you will, is not as apparent this year as it was last year where we saw, I don't know, 20 starting quarterback jobs get filled through the portal. I don't think that number will be as high this year. I think a lot of these portal decisions are going to be to compete as opposed to go walk in and start. And, and Baylor needs kind of a combination of both. Yeah, John, that, that's right where I was going. 
if you are Dave Aranda, if you're this Baylor coaching staff, you can go after a, hey, this kid hasn't played a lot. We're going to put him in the program, and maybe he works his way up into a, into a role where he's a, a trusted backup. Or go after that tier two quarterback kid, the Brennan Armstrong, and say, vie for our starting job next season with Nova Sod and Shapin. Is there a trend here? What are most college coaches doing? Are they, are they settling for that season to back up, or are they trying to create that kind of competition, even with the 12-game starter like Blake Shapin? Absolutely trying to create that competition. We've seen schools do, do it to a level to the point where they bring in two quarterbacks. Let's not rule out something like that at a school like Baylor at this point, right? Bring in two, one, one will leave in the spring either way. One of your quarterbacks will leave in the spring yeah. either way. And then you're right back to three scholarship quarterbacks going into the 2023 season. We saw LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, uh, Florida, bring in multiple transfers and, and try to figure it out in, in that direction. Uh, doesn't always work. You'll end up losing one, but you figure out which one's the right guy uh, yeah. on the back end of that. So I do think that, that is something that isn't out of the question. And if you go that route, do you bring in two diverse skill sets on purpose, right? One pocket guy, one mobile guy, two mobile guys uh, on purpose to really see where you're at uh, from, from an offensive standpoint. And look, Aranda has already made moves this offseason with his coaching staff. He, you know, there's there's not a um, stable happiness right now in Waco, which is a good thing, right? That's what you should want. Your audience should want as a fan base because you know action will be continued uh, in, in the talent acquisition department. So I wouldn't rule out Baylor taking two quarterbacks in the transfer portal or, or other schools for that matter. That's a newer trend that isn't um, easy to navigate. You have to have a coach who can absolutely sit down and, and sell and, and paint a, a wide-scale division. But we think Dave Aranda is one of those coaches, so I wouldn't rule that out. John, I, I talk about Dave Aranda and stability. There have been two guys who have transferred from this program, which I know most schools would take in a heartbeat. And yes. I want to get into what that speaks to with the true stability of Baylor right now. But first, I'll tell the folks at home about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Right now, you're thinking like, man, I, I've got a lot on my plate, a lot of work to do. And there are a lot of people who are looking for jobs. So take the opportunity to hire somebody now, hire somebody faster and hire somebody that can do great work for you. Maybe it's an intern. All that is still available right now at LinkedIn Town Solutions. 100% certain you have the right candidates because you can use this purple hashtag hiring frame to add your job, and they give you simple tools, screening questions. You make it easy to focus on candidates. It's what Dave Aranda is probably doing right now with the Baylor defensive coordinator, going to LinkedIn Talent Solutions and saying, look, who's out there? Is it Corey Raymond from Florida? And You know, we haven't had this conversation yet, the D.C. conversation on this show. We need to do that at some point. Uh, but it's why small businesses or business, big businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering Quality hires faster. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the people you want to talk to. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Keep in mind terms and conditions do apply. John, it's Devin Neal, safety for Baylor, and Kyron Drones, quarterback. The Neal one is not the biggest shock, not the it's just one of those you're like, oh, huh. Okay. And then Kyron Drones obviously was was a big storyline about a week and a half ago for Baylor fans. But that's it. That's it. Those two guys. And last year, I think it was only four or five going to the transfer portal. After a six and six season, I had a bad feeling you get at least eight or ten guys off the board. Right. Nobody's moved yet. That's Baylor. 
right? I mean, that's that's what this this team has has worked up towards over the last few years. Uh, look, when you go six and six, you're not only a threat to lose depth, you're a threat to lose starters in the portal. We we mentioned all those ACC quarterbacks, some yeah. pretty good teams, you know, lose, losing some arms there, and it's not limited to just that position. Of course, we've seen starters across college football make decisions to hop in the portal. Dominic Lovett uh, at Missouri comes to mind. Great near thousand yard wide receiver. Jaheim Bell, I saw late last night, tight end from South Carolina, H-back, do-it-all type player. Uh, a focal point of the offense at different points for South Carolina moving on. So not only are you avoiding those pretty bad optics, if, if we're, we're, we're being honest here, but it's just reserves and it's a small number of reserves on top of that that says a lot about the culture and kind of the i would assume the nasty taste in 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 the mouths of these players to try to fix this thing you were at the highest of heights in in 2021 and and you want to get back there so i I do think there were moments where baylor felt like okay this is where the run starts and then something would happen and and it would go the other way uh so when you're on the bubble on the fringe like that and i think the parody in the big 12 is a big reason why very much better than I think most of us anticipated in 2022, you get kind of that desire to to fix it, fix it yourself uh, as opposed to bolting. And I do think the programs that are the most stable and or the coaches that are the most transparent with their players will have alerted them, hey, there are more than a thousand FBS players in the portal right now. What are the odds that you as a backup at Baylor are going to go somewhere else and start in the power five? It's just not a a very likely scenario. So there's going to be dozens, maybe hundreds, unfortunately, of players who jumped in the portal on Monday and will probably have minimal to no prospects of a school at the same level coming out of that thing. So you either call your old coaches back and say, Hey, just kidding. Or, you think about moving down to the G5 level, to maybe the FCS level, or, or lower in some cases. So it's it's a lot of self-assessment with these players. And I think the coaches, because of last year's craziness, were alerting their players onto that. Hey, there's going to be a 1,000 players in here. Where do you really fit in? What truly is your market? Because it's as volatile and crazy uh, and unpredictable as it's ever been. So I do think those council moments – uh, played well for the Baylors of the world. Yeah, that is, that's where I wanted to go next. How you handle 3,000 players in the transfer portal and only 1,000 of them will find Power 5 homes this offseason. That's just the way the numbers worked last year, and I, I can't see that changing at all. Is is there more of an emphasis in these programs? And even for you, I mean, you know a lot of these recruits really well, these guys in the portal really well. For, for coaches or, or recruiters to say, look, guys, Think about what you're doing because, John, I mean, we're sitting on top of right now, just true. It's a fact. 2,000 plus college kids will make a decision that puts them in a worse place thinking the grass is greener. 100%. You hope that it's more of a a conversation piece. You hope that it works both ways. Um, But look, the, the, the craziness of the portal, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you don't have to involve your coaches, you can just mm-hmm. go to compliance and pop your name. And then 48 hours later, you're, you're in the portal. Um, how many coaches have we seen in the last couple of weeks get ready for a press conference? And then someone hits the portal right before the presser. And he's like, yeah. Oh, uh, we wish him well. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Right. Cause there was no knowledge or inkling that something like that may happen. So 
I, I do think that uh, it works both ways in, in that regard. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for a lot of, of these portal players to, to find a home. Um, so it should be mentioned that, hey, you are you are in one of two schools of thought as a coaching staff when players enter the portal. One, the moment you enter the portal, goodbye, good luck. We'll see you around the way. Or are you in the camp of go in the portal? If you want to test your market, fine this spot might be here for you on the way back. I don't yeah. know, Dave, personally, but you wonder how many of, of those cases are going to happen in college football. Kids who thought, hey, I'm the fifth best quarterback jumping in the portal, and then 24 hours later, he, that guy sees Devin Leary and Card and Uyangalale and Armstrong and Sims and Sanders and all these great players in the portal and says, oh, maybe not. Let, let me call. Let me make a phone call. Uh, yeah. How many of those scenarios are going to happen? Because I think um, that's the second layer of of reconsideration. But then, how does the school receive it if there is a, a bit of a rebuttal? Um, that will be fascinating to watch, just as much as where these kids end up. Yeah, John, I am uh, shocked personally that you've gotten any sleep over the course of the last few days. Uh, top hold the top, put all the finals tests and the transfer portal at Baylor football and basketball put together. I have not. So glad to know that you're getting enough for both of us. Uh, but I do want to get your thoughts, the John's thoughts on everything that is this week, which has become even crazier than National Signing Day to a to an nth degree. But first, talk about bet online. Dot net bet online is where the game starts literally like i was trying to start the game the other day it was soccer world cup usa netherlands it wouldn't start because i wasn't at bet online yet because bet online it is where the game starts all your sports betting info there's stats there's news there's analysis latest odds and trends if you're not a sports wager that's okay you're probably not losing as much money as i'm losing right now because college football is completely unpredictable and college basketball is pretty much the same all of it, though, at betonline.net doesn't necessarily revolve around wagering. You can also find all those podcasts and breaking news, articles about these teams and teams that you love, including the Baylor Bears. They're the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix, too, if you're a sports wagerer. So right now, go to your mobile device. You can learn more at betonline.net. It is where the game starts. Check it out on your laptop, your mobile phone, betonline.net. John Garcia, Jr., Oh, the man who sleeps this I in and I feel like my even my impression of what the, the transfer portal is, is changing as we get deeper and deeper, you know, further into into what it has become. Uh, and it feels like this year more than ever, people are now embracing the chaos of, all right, whatever, let's make it free agency. And if that's what it's going to be, we'll call it that and we'll do it. And is that a good thing for college football? This is just normal now. It is going to be normal. So if if it doesn't feel that way as a fan or as someone involved in the sport, uh, get a, get acclimated, figure it mm -hmm. out, uh, adjust or die, whatever you want to use for for those traits, because that is something that will not change in principle. Now the rules, the windows, um, how much you can bring in as a as a program, all those things could change uh, over time. But look, player empowerment, player movement, player fluidity is only going to increase. It is not going to go the other way, especially now that money is involved. Uh, yeah. That is something that, that often goes hand in hand. So yeah, let's let's call it what it is. Every college coaching staff is um, shivering at the thought of, of it only going in that direction, but it's also the reality. Uh, and that's why all of them, like you, chaos is a good word. Uh, a lot of them have embraced 
that chaos and and look forward to trying to navigate through it. But there there is no perfect formula for it at this point, um, and there's no there's no end point in sight. Um, doesn't mean we'll have a thousand players in the portal every year on on Portal Monday as as it's going to be known here going forward, but it's going to be in the hundreds and and threaten that number every single year. It, it feels like unless there is a massive change in in either philosophy or the numbers start to push so much more towards you know players having to move down or, or not finding a home in the portal um if that number hits 50 percent or more then i think we'll see less players hit the portal but i don't think it's quite at, at that point just yet so yeah this is something you've you've got to embrace it doesn't feel normal now but it will be normal sooner rather than later yeah, there's got to be a there's, there's a cutoff. There will never be a point in college football where 75% of players enter the transfer portal. Right. There will be a, a max number you hit pretty much every year at some point. That's just mathematically how it how it goes. Uh, of this of this portal week for you though, what's what's the biggest shock? I know like Big Twelve wise, Spencer Sanders for us was like what number yeah. one? How is he still playing? N- number yeah, two, how is why? he still eligible? Yeah, and he's been like their guy for five years, and now he's he's leaving Oklahoma State. It's just weird, the optics even. For you, what's been the biggest surprise, maybe the couple of biggest surprises, especially with coaching changes that have affected the transfer portal? To me, the biggest surprise is the, the guys making moves without coaching changes. It's those that feel stable, like Sanders with Mike Gundy, like Devin Leary with Dave Doran. You know, those players – are, are the, the biggest surprise uh, moves to me. But you also understand it, right? We, we've seen examples uh, as to where, hey, a different system, a different challenge could kind of enlighten everyone and allow you to to rebuild some of that negative connotation. Think of Uyangalale going through it, you know, replaced by Cade Klubnik, the, the former Austin Westlake great. Um, and, and it was very apparent early on in that ACC title game, hey, DJ is going to be gone here sooner rather than later but you have an opportunity to now go repair that look at bo nix up at oregon this past year they couldn't run him out of auburn despite being a legacy fast enough and he goes to oregon and for the better part of of the year they looked like the pac-12 school that could threaten the college football playoff uh, with bo nix as the main reason why offensively so there are uh projects adrian martinez as we mentioned uh, earlier in the show there are paths towards enhancing your value uh, regardless of, of how low or high it is. So in those regards, you understand why Devin Leary might be saying, hey, NC State is great, but I don't know, Notre Dame yeah. or some of these other schools offer a different challenge and a different platform, a different ceiling than what I could picture at NC State. So I was certainly surprised uh, with, with him. Uh, I thought Armstrong was a shocker more than Uyangalale just because kind of like Sanders, you're like, he still has – eligibility that's uh that's pretty crazy i mentioned love it and, and jaheem bell earlier i think alabama lost a starting offensive lineman jb and cohen yeah. uh that doesn't happen every day uh so those are are often the, the bigger surprises that that we come across but here's the crazy thing is like it's not over there's this is this was day one and a half right now as as we speak so more big names will hit the portal i saw miami running back jalen knighton just hit the portal he had a huge 2021 and a decent 22. I mean, there's a lot of talent still potentially thinking about jumping in and or declaring for the draft. So you're going to have to view college football as a year to year thing in in all aspects, including the roster, which was the one thing that we 
kind of didn't have to worry about in that regard compared to the NFL. Now it's going to feel a lot more like that in that um, you're going to be playing against players that you had on your roster. Uh, you're, you're going to be competing with players that were on your enemy roster. It's just going to be the nature of of the game. So again, you, you have to embrace it and and uh, assimilate with it or you'll be left behind and, and you'll be in the portal yourself per se. Mm. 130 some odd team NFL is is That's not it, what right it it's not it's not what it is necessarily but gosh it's getting close. Um before we get you out of here John Heisman conversation the whole Caleb Williams thing the LOL tweet man what a week uh and then Max Duggan it, like his numbers weren't insane in the Big 12 title but the grit was there the eye test was there and now he's given himself given himself a real shot. Uh, what do you like in this Heisman conversation? Wide open. I mean, the only thing I feel like is a certainty is that Stetson Bennett won't be yeah. the pick. That one was the but he's there. Scratcher. Uh he wasn't even all conference at quarterback for the SEC, but he's a Heisman contender because that's college football for you. But I think the other three, you can really build a case. I mean, CJ Stroud for every game but one, you it was just wonder after wonder throw. Uh the stats were absurd. Ohio State was blowing everyone out. And man, you talk about one game, you know, crushing your hopes. Uh, that one is 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 true two years in a row for Stroud. Same thing for Caleb Williams. If he doesn't have Utah on the schedule twice, it's a runaway Heisman victory. Uh, but those Utah Utes, man, they they make you work for it uh, offensively, especially if you got to play them twice. Um, but I think he showed some grit and some toughness as well that maybe won back some of those voters that were or maybe cooling off on him as, as Utah was extending their lead. Um, and then Duggan, he's he's certainly the rising prospect in, in this entire conversation. Um, look, they're, they're the undefeated team, and and he's a bigger reason why they're the undefeated team compared to, to me, Stetson Bennett at, at Georgia, where the defense is unbelievable uh, and the running game, the tight end room is the best in the country. The O-line has been phenomenal there. Duggan hasn't had those same – uh, situations and circumstances at TCU this year and, and and throw in a first year coaching staff and his own rehabilitated image of, well, now he is this elite quarterback all of a sudden. He's the best story of the group. Um, I think Stroud and Caleb have the more longstanding argument. So it probably goes to one of them. But as long as it's not Stetson Bennett, I don't think I'll be too mad. I don't think it'll be Stetson Bennett, John. I think okay. we're all safe. So we're good. That. We're good either way. Um, super, super quick before we get you out, the Dion hire at Colorado, you and I talked about where he would go last week. He walks in the front door and, and I was just, like, not Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. lo and behold, here he is walks in. No BS day one is like, all right, guys, look, he pulls a Dave Aranda, just a little more colorful, get in the transfer portal. Here's your opportunity. I'm bringing my guys. That's my son's your quarterback. Like just calling it like it is. Uh, is this something you like in college yes. football, this this kind of transparency? Yes, because it, as much as we are, uh, what's the word? As much as we are enhancing our benefit of the doubt and accountability standards with players relative to NIL, Portal, and all these decisions that are about their own empowerment, the coaches are should be afforded that same opportunity if they feel like these these kids don't give me the best chance to win. So we're treating every player much more like a professional. Mm. And the other side of that business is, hey, get in where you fit in. And if you don't fit in here, I'm giving you more clearance to yeah. make that move as opposed to letting you find out at the last minute when there are zero spots available. So I like that blunt approach. Um, the nepotism element of it, you know, 
it is what it is. But look, Shador has had some great seasons. They did not lose a game uh, in, in 2022. So I understand it, especially from Dion's perspective. But other than that, I think every part of his approach has been fair and transparent. And, and to me as a player, that's what I would have wanted. I, I played college ball and went through a coaching change where there was so much uncertainty and anxiety created because we didn't know where we stood. Much smaller school ball, so not the same kind of deal. So I would have liked that transparency up front. So I could have looked at any options that I might have been considering. Uh, so I do think in the end it will benefit those Colorado players and the new soon to be Colorado players, which we assume is a very large number of yes. players in the portal uh, at this point. Uh, they've already gotten multiple high school commitments in like three days. It's crazy. Um, but I do think that's a better approach overall, especially because the portal's crazier than it's ever been. So knowing whether or not you need to navigate it as soon as possible, I think in the end is, is a benefit to the players. Although the optics and the people who want, want to give out participation trophies might not like it. Michael Scott said it best. What's so what's so wrong with nepotism? What if they had tryouts to the band Hanson and someone without the last name Hanson showed up? You can't. There's nothing you can do. Right. Um, Deion Sanders is Joey McGuire with NFL experience. John, right there for everybody at home. John Garcia underscore junior. All of his recruiting coverage throughout the transfer portal madness. Uh, and even with Baylor guys that are coming in or going out. Thank you, John, as always, coming on the show. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. And thank you all at home for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow. Robbie Triano joins the show from Sirius XM Big 12 Radio on Locked On Baylor.